Hi, I'm John. And I'm another brick in the pole. <laughs> uh, and this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage, we'll still tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, I can't believe we brought it back. But give us just a minute, and we'll give you season two of the podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great, as you probably know by now, The Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content completely out of context and try to figure out what the hell's going on. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, Today we're discussing a minute of 1941 Sullivan Travels uh, submitted by Sophie. All right, and this week's episode is brought to you by Dip Toothbrushes. Are you tired of those newfangled toothbrushes that actually clean your teeth? Do you want a toothbrush that speaks to your rural roots and your crippling addiction to nicotine? Oh my god. Well, good news. Dip toothbrushes come preloaded with finely ground, moist, and smokeless tobacco that is gently massaged into your gums as you brush. So visit diptoothbrushes.com slash minute for a 10% discount off your first order today. Dip, you'll be splitting blood in... Damn. Dip, you'll be spitting blood in no time. <laughs> I almost had it. That was disgusting, Paul. Thank you. I'm not sure I can get behind this this ad. <laughs> And well, the the money we will receive from it, the they're actually cars, paying us in. They're paying us in uh, dip. In so. dip. <clears throat> okay. Well, then you know I'll compromise with that. <laughs> All right. So, um, what's our level of famili- familiarity here with Sullivan Travels? Sullivan's Travels. Uh, I assume it's a reference to Gulliver's Travel, and uh, mm-hmm. Gull- Gulliver Gulliver's 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 Travels. Yep. And other than that, I have no fucking clue. How about you, Paul? I actually have seen this one maybe about six months ago, but the the minute that Sophie submitted was too good to pass up. Wow, six months ago. You saw this movie from 1941 only six months ago. I figured I was going to start with the first movie ever made and sort of catch up, so I'm making good progress. (laughs) Okay, good, good, good. Wow, you've gotten pretty far so far. Yeah, thank Um, you. Yeah, so uh, why don't you give us a, a quick intro to what's happening here? All right, so the scene itself isn't overly complex. We see a slightly disheveled man discussing the merits of film with a little sex with two very well-dressed older men in a very fancy office. Yep. Uh, so I think I think we should do a script read for this one because I, I don't think it really shows what goes on in this scene without the script read. Okay, well, would you like to play the two men who are smoking and I will be the disheveled man? Yep, it sounds good to me. All right. I want this picture to be a commentary on modern conditions, stock realism, the problems facing the average man. But with a little sex. A little, but I don't want to stress it. I want this picture to be a document. I want to hold a mirror up to life. I want this to be a picture of dignity, a true canvas on the suffering of humanity. But with a little sex. With with a little sex in it. How about a nice musical? How can you talk about musicals at a time like this, with the world committing suicide, with bodies piling up in the street, with grim death goggling at you from every corner, with people slaughtered like sheep? Maybe they'd like to forget about that. Then why did they hold this one over for a fifth week at the music hall for the ushers? It died in Pittsburgh. Like a dog. What do they know in Pittsburgh? They know what they like. If they knew what they liked, they wouldn't live in Pittsburgh. That's no argument. If you pander the public, you'd still be in the horse age. You think we're not? Look at Hopalong Cassidy. You look at him. We'd still be making keystone chases, bathing beauties, custard pie operas. And a fortune. Fortune. Of course, I'm just a minor employee here, Mr. LeBrand. 
He's starting that one again. I want to make something outstanding, something you could be proud of, something that would realize the potentialities of film as the sociological and autistic medium that it is, with a little sex in it. (laughs) In scene. That was exhausting. That was exhausting. Man, imagine being an actor in the 40s. Like, that being just your job is like talking quickly and espousing. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Man, being a character actor seems a much better job than the leading man in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of our leading man here, we assume the disheveled man is the leading man. It's probably a pretty yeah. safe assumption. But I wanted to talk about, I'm calling him disheveled, but what does he actually look like, John? Because he's 1940s wealthy disheveled, right? Yeah, he looks he looks uh, like a working man, but not necessarily a poor working man. Like definitely like a well-off. He's got a full suit. He's got his tie tucked into his pants. It's a deep uh, tuck. Yeah, he, yeah, it is. Uh, and it's one of those short, short ties, high waisted pants sort of situations going on. Well, well, here's the thing though, John. We don't know that it's a short tie because it's tucked straight into those pants, and I'm actually kind of jealous of that. Yeah, every time I tie a tie, like getting it to the exact right point. <laughs> It's difficult. I'm kind of I'm kind of anal about it because if it's too low, I feel ridiculous. So it has to be like ready for me to slouch slightly because I know that's my normal position in the day. And uh-huh. if I could just tuck it into the pants, if that was normal, yeah, wow. I I I I guess yeah, they had it easier back then when it was acceptable to just tuck it into your pants. Yeah, yeah. So if if this disheveled man was transported to the modern day, do you think he would still look disheveled or or what? Uh, I think he'd look like a weirdo wearing a suit <laughs> made from the 1940s uh, That's with true. high-waisted pants. Uh, but I don't know. He could probably get some good money at it from for it at a consignment shop. I bet. It's probably true. The hipsters would pay top dollar. Yep, for those high-waisted pants. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, and this does seem to be a fancy office. Very fancy. Um, what is the fanciest thing about this office? Do you think? Hmm. I. I actually think that it's like the the marble columns. Uh, They're yeah, definitely very fancy. I thought the desk is also massive. I, I made a note that it's big enough to feed a family of four for a week, but I don't really know <laughs> what I mean by that. It's a very big desk. Oh, you know, if you slaughtered it and cut it up, <laughs> yeah, cut um, it up into steaks. Yep, those desk steaks. Uh, I think that. What also makes it fancy is how many people are smoking inside this office. Oh, that is very fancy. Because it's a fancy office, and then there's two people smoking inside of it, which to me means they don't give a shit about how fancy this office is. (laughs) Uh, They're perfectly fine smoking it up and uh, making it stinky. Um, Well, let me me propose to you uh, an analog here, John. In my office, in the IT room, they vape a lot. Does that make the IT room fancier, the server room? Yeah, I think it makes it more trash. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely makes it smell like cotton candy, which oh, is nice. Well, that's good. Uh, or, uh, yeah, no, I think that vaping in your workspace is impolite. So you're coming at empty workspace vaping. I'm going to put my foot down, Paul. I find it wow. impolite to vape within your <laughs> workspace. Um, especially well, like an enclosed warm area like i don't know yeah. it room i'm betting there's servers in there or at least yep. a lot of electronics it's probably humid and hot and uh probably smells like nerd already and 
adding cotton candy vape on top of that just seems rude. The best part is there's a conference room right beside the server room, and it sometimes smells a little bit like cotton candy, and the old people, they don't know why. They're just like, where's the cotton candy man? <laughs> and we're like, it's it's just lies. Is cotton that the lies. cotton candy bell I hear? <laughs> Here, Sonny, here's a nickel. Go grab me a cotton candy. You, well, of course, you, of course, work with octogenarians. <laughs> You know, it, it's a, it's actually a pretty young office, so it is always surprising when someone doesn't know, like, what vaping what smells like. Vaping smells like? Gotcha. Mm. Um, well, here's a natural segue, John. Have you ever been gargled at? In the script read, we did hear that there's death gargling at you from every corner. Yes. Uh, uh, personally, no. Uh, although it does sound like something a dog might do. Um. Oh, maybe. Yeah, like, like... Almost like a growl, but like, like wrong. I was thinking about trying to gargle at you right here at this point in the episode. But then <laughs> and I thought, then lose all of the listeners. <laughs> well, not only that, but almost certainly spill water all over the microphone. Like, I just don't think. <laughs> That's I, I guess you're probably safe, right. It's By gargling, he probably doesn't actually mean gargle. No. Like with water. Yeah. Are you sure you didn't say uh, everybody gargoyling at, at each other? Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure, but maybe. Yeah, maybe like, you know, grimacing. That would make like more sense. Maybe wearing fake teeth to look more menacing. It's hard to tell through the thick, thick mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so <laughs> why do people always say died like a dog? Who's killing these dogs? Is direct from, from our script here, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of mm-hmm. sharp observation do you have on this? <laughs> well, I mean, they they they're talking about dying like a dog in this mm-hmm. episode. I mean, in this case, it was a, a movie. I think they died like a dog, but that's a weird <laughs> expression, isn't it? Who's, yeah, that is. Who's actually killing all these dogs? And do dogs not die well? Uh, I assume that they die like on the street or like shot. Hmm. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like To Kill a Mockingbird sort of died like a dog. Um. But I don't know. I guess I guess they die with like only the person who usually is attached to the dog weeping for them, and nobody else. I don't know. Maybe it's sad. It okay. is sad. We can agree. So about let's that. talk about how trash Pittsburgh is. <laughs> Apparently, this is a sick, sick burn that's in a yeah. clip submitted by someone who loves Pittsburgh. I'm sure. I mean, if they knew what they liked, they wouldn't live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> what do you think that means, John? I think that means that uh, no human being with taste would live in Pittsburgh, apparently. Although I personally find Pittsburgh has a lot of good taste and is a cool place. Was it not the case in the 40s, I wonder? Was it still a proper steel tan? I, I'd imagine it was. I mean, Much like, more industrial? Every, I mean, like, uh, you know, Andy Warhol wasn't even on like an artist at this point i think he was like probably born in the 40s uh mm-hmm. and so he might not have even been born yet by the time this movie came out so i mean like what else is there in pittsburgh other than that and steel so yeah probably not although i bet all industrial cities were kind of gross in the 40s i'm sure baltimore was terrible yeah well chicago I mean... probably sucked Sure. I mean, it's all those gangsters. I mean, they're movie gangsters, but you know what I mean. <laughs> all right. Moving on, John. What is a Hopalong Cassidy? Is it not a Is it not an actor, a movie, a movie character? 
Maybe. I, just I do really... like. I do like. Haven't you seen Hopalong Cassidy? You, <laughs> you look at him. look at Hopalong Cassidy. You look at him. It's very good. It's very good. I kind of just want to turn shit around like that. I want to learn how to be a nineteen forties uh, talker. I think you also have to be significantly more attractive than the other two people in the room with you. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, so I'm you, you got to you got to plan ahead. I got to find some ugly people to. <laughs> <laughs> to converse with apparently is the is the point. Uh so uh yeah, so what is a little sex in a movie in 1940? But that that's a very good question. I think it could be anything from like elbow rubbing to full on downtown Lester Brown. <laughs> I don't know. Uh I so okay, it's weird because now I missed the first time I watched this clip, I missed the second that we were supposed to end this. And so I heard the next line and Ooh, the next line, tell. the next line is like Capra. Do you know who uh, Capra is? No. Okay. So Capra is a famous movie director. Uh, he is best known for, uh, Oh, good Lord. That's Christmas movie about dying. Um, what mm. a wonderful world. What Life? a wonderful world. What what a wonderful life, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and my favorite, one of my favorite movies is uh, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. Is there a little sex in that? Uh, it, I think it might be implied. I think there might be like a curtain call, you know, like a, like a fade to black. But at no point in time did I ever feel when I watched this film at my grandmother's place is like a like near infant mm-hmm. and like every year after that point in time did i ever think oh here this got a little sex in it <laughs> well I, I guess for me when i hear a little sex it sounds like you're actually going to see it as yeah. opposed to like having it be a little sexy or something in which case there's not necessarily any sex at all it's just could be implied so i'm imagining like a really long drawn out bad porno Mm. Where almost everything's actually the intro, where it's like Big Jim's sausage pizza guy comes in, and mm-hmm. you know, but it's just a really long build up, and they have a nice conversation. In the end, there's just a little sex. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it's, it's like probably a, not what he means. So yeah. it, so it's like eighty percent build up plot line, right? And then only twenty percent of like the business. It's probably yeah. not what they meant in the 40s, though. No, probably not. I think what they probably meant was like ankles, uh, and and maybe a uh, tastefully low cut blouse, and maybe a shirt off on a uh, on a gentleman. On a gentleman, maybe so. Big Jim sausage pizza doesn't come in. Yeah. No. No. Oh, well. Nope. All right. Uh. So. What what is this movie about, Paul? I I think should I go first since I have not seen this movie. Why don't you go first and then you can tell me if you want me to tell you what the movie is really about or what in the fantasy world I'm living in where I haven't seen this movie. I think <laughs> okay. it's about. Uh, I th- okay, cool. So I think that this movie is about making movies. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm safe in my assumption there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this guy, the guy who who's like the main character, the disheveled man. I think he is a relatively famous either screenwriter or director. I'm guessing director. Uh, and 
I think that this is his big push to make a film that he wants to actually make rather than something that he feels is going to sell. And I think that that means that he's trying to basically... Um, I think that these two gentlemen are like executive producers or something like, like, you know, uh, for the, the studio. And I think that they've, uh, stopped his filming because they have, uh, disagreements with how much sex is going on in the film. And so I think this is his plea to them, trying to convince them that all of this is for the greater good of art and humanity that there is uh, a little sex in this film. And so I think that this is about pushing boundaries and about a man realizing his vision uh, while trying to uh, get through, you know, stifled 1940s, you know, Hollywood, basically. Uh, and uh, I, think, uh, I think that's pretty much it. So in the film you're describing... Is there a little sex in the film we're seeing about the film? Uh, yes, I think there is. I think there's a little... Uh, there's at least a man and a woman in the same bed at some point in time. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Paul, tell me what this movie is actually about. <laughs> you're actually fairly close. Um, the Disheveled Man is not an actor. He's not a screener. He's an actor, so he's like the leading man for this film company. Gotcha. And... He wants to go out and live as a very common person, so an out-of-work guy during the Depression, I'm guessing, and see see what it's like. So ride the rails some, go on adventures gotcha. in cities, just try to try to live. And the company the doesn't Sullivan's really travels. Yeah, the company doesn't really let him do it. Instead, they send him along uh, like a, a big bus with a full kitchen and stuff in it, like a whole film crew. Craft Services comes along. He escapes him at some point. It's kind of great, though. I think this is actually a really good movie. Oh, awesome. I'll it's have really to look funny. it up. I've literally never heard of it before, so it's pretty intriguing. Yeah. So I, uh, as much as I would like to recommend the slightly different version of the film you're describing, I think the, the normal one's pretty good. Yeah, no. I, I, I liked what I saw. I thought it was well-written. It was fun. You could follow along with it or just sort of just like, you know, uh, unfocus your eyes and just enjoy the weird pace of the mid-atlantic accent well, and it's and, worth it for the jabs at pittsburgh alone yeah absolutely uh i really like pittsburgh there's nothing wrong with Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's a nice town it is it's cool it's a rad place to spend uh your time or your childhood yep yep all right well thanks for joining us for this episode of the minute podcast if you had as much fun as we did go ahead and leave us a review on itunes if you had less fun than we did which would be i guess three stars or less What's iTunes? You can't review things. Nope, never heard of it. Never heard of it. But you can reach out to us whether you liked it or hated it at the minutepodcast at gmail.com on the various social media platforms at MinutePod or just, you know, find us in real life. As always, this episode was hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward, produced by John with music by me. Come back next week where we're going to ask you. Uh, would you like to put a little sex in it? Do you mean this sausage pizza? <laughs> Holy crap, you made it to the end, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.